Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend and we watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record, we talk about the show and lots and lots of other stuff. Um, I'm at work right now, so the background noise is probably weird and my voice is also leaving me, so uh, there's that. (laughs) In the words of Charlotte Ray, my voice ain't what it used to be. But it is what it is. Anyway, I wanted to get this episode done because I'm working on a deadline. So here we go. My guest this week is Jamie Lynn Marcus. Jamie Lynn is a full-time member of the Citizens of Hollywood down at Disney's Hollywood Studios. She is a very fun and funny, talented gal. She also does a lot of other roles outside of the theme parks. She just did the Judy Holiday role in Born Yesterday at uh, Mad Cow Theater in downtown Orlando. She used to do a lot of shows at the now defunct theater downtown, used to be on Orange Avenue. She's also a great photographer, and she recently starred in an independent film that was made a couple of years ago in the area. It was called Read Me, and she co-starred with friend of the podcast, Tim Williams. If uh, you listen to the extras on the website, you'll hear that she and I discuss that. So be sure you pop on over there and have a listen. Uh, Other warning as we come into this episode, we use the word hooker a lot. And I do say in the episode, but I will still preface this by saying we know that the word hooker is not the appropriate term to use anymore. We know that the appropriate term to use is sex worker. And uh, we do use that also, but uh, if that word is triggering for any of you, and I'm, I'm sure of my fives of listeners it could be, I just want you to be prepared that we do say the H word quite a bit. Jamie Lynn and I watched season three, episode 18. It's called Runaway, and it had an original air date of February 24th, 1982. I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Jamie Lynn Marcus. Here we are with Jamie Lynn Marcus. Hi, David Almeida. I'm so happy to have you here finally. I'm so happy to be here finally. You've been hearing about this podcast. We're we're going to be a year now, very soon, because we work together at a certain undisclosed theme park location. I've heard you talk about it before. It's not that disclosed. (laughs) Exactly. And then we turn around and we're like, hey, this actor plays this part. (laughs) My friend. Fuck the magic. Yeah. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) But I try to be somewhat, you know, my my good friend, Officer Friscom, mm-hmm. loves when he gets to work with your good friend, Evie Starlight. Evie Starlight, my friend, also yes. loved working with your old friend, Holden, Holden Hollywood. Hollywood. Did you? I did. I did. She, yeah. she did. My, my friend did. did. she? Okay. She totally I mean, she, her, no, not you, because you're me. not her? No. No. Nothing Okay, because, wow, those were, that was a... <laughs> That was some rough on the job training, girl. <laughs> it was I make no bones about it. Citizens of Hollywood. Ugh. Rough. It was a it was a long on the job training, and I have you to thank for having a baby. Oh, you're if welcome. If you had not if you had not gotten knocked up when you did, I completely planned on not planning yes, on that you, moment. Thank you. Uh, we worked it out, but we just watched a Lulu of an episode, oh, didn't we? We did. I that was not at all anything like what I remember when I had seen the show in syndication. Well, perfect segue. You watch the show in syndication. You are uh, the better part of a decade younger than I am, so you wouldn't have watched it first run. No, I was... I was born in 77, so well, I was two. You're telling your I'm, age. I'm 
gonna be 42 oh my god i'm fine with telling my age but, but how people... old is your friend evie starlight at citizens 19 she's still 19. she's still hanging on 19 and holding Con- it, she, she's contracted yeah that way that's, that's what she what says it... it's what it says in my contract <laughs> <laughs> that's what i leave it at. beautiful mm-hmm. so this was a rerun thing because yeah. well, well no okay so so born in 77 mm-hmm. you would have been two yeah. there are absolutely yeah young memories that we ha- I remember watching the original Sonny and Cher comedy hour and I would have been like four I remember seeing that too. I remember seeing all of these shows but I feel like most of it had to have been via Nick at Night mm-hmm. I don't recall ever seeing it in sequence mm-hmm. you know what I, I I distinctly remember thinking oh this time her hair is more feathered or oh. <laughs> this time <laughs> why does Tootie suddenly look <laughs> so young oh she's got the roller skates on again yeah it just who are these people randomly they must have yeah just, Nancy yeah. and Sue Ann and yeah I vaguely remember seeing some of the first season <sighs> because I knew Mo- Molly Ringwald yeah and they are so I I but. cannot stress enough how <laughs> off and wrong terrible. you've you've listened you, I've heard how terrible <laughs> yeah you've you've told me you're a listener of the show which I, am I a listener. love I'm so, only in the second season now though so so we'll catch up I'm gonna I'm trying mm. there's a lot there is, yeah. So the episode we just watched was called Runaway. The Runaway. And this was season three, episode 18. We're starting to wind down. We're getting into the home stretch here of uh, the end of season of three season already, three? which is crazy. So I already have one question. Yes. Who's Miko? Who is Miko? I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who? Who's that? What is Okay, well, she has a name. Um, they clearly oh. know her. <laughs> You you did I, when we were watching it. You I did hear you kind of on your breath go. Who is that? Who's that? I don't remember her. Miko is a foreign exchange student whom we met a few episodes ago. Uh-huh. Uh, Tim Williams was the lucky enough person to do that show with me. She's a foreign and exchange from she from Japan. And she's yeah. And she's there, and it's funny because when you look at this, I I had thought. When I was when we were starting this, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right, Miko's here." I thought, "Why wouldn't they have just used Sue Ann or Cindy or Nancy or one of the leftovers, the cast offs from season one?" But honestly, there is a there is an innocence and a naivete about Miko that paired up nicely with Tootie with this whole scheme that we're about to uncover and unveil. And I'm thinking, I don't know that any of the other girls would have let Tootie get would away have with it. Allowed her to yes. Yes. The well, later on, Mrs. Garrett says, "Why did you let her? Why didn't you tell me?" It's like the other girls wouldn't have let her, and if she still went, she'd have been like, "Miss Garrett, <laughs> make a couple." I'm not from this country, yeah. so <laughs> I speak perfectly good Californian <laughs> English. <laughs> exactly. That was so, my next Mrs. question. Garrett, she's from where? Yeah, she's, she's from, from Japan. South Beach. Okay. <laughs> All right. <That's... laughs> South Beach, Tokyo. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we did discuss that. Which how... is very. And very well spoken. She's, yeah, wow, she speaks English very well <laughs> very. for her second language. <laughs> but she's gone. This is it. We, yeah. we, we meet Miko, and then Miko never appears again, so. Oh, this was, this was her last? This was her second and final appearance. Oh, well and, then. Well, clearly, that's some pretty hefty punishment for letting. She's the only one that faced any kind of. For letting Tootie do her little <laughs> escapade here. So before we begin, you know, I always like to ask my guests if they would please give us a quick elevator pitch TV guide entry synopsis of what we just watched. Okay. Um, uh, This week 
on the facts of life, Tootie learns that in order to pursue her, her acting career, she may have to face being a hooker. Yep. There it is. <laughs> it's about what I got from this message. That's was... exactly what it is, yes. And that's that's the word they use then. We all know. Hooker. The, the sensitive term is sex worker now. Oh, oh yes. That's what yes. we... We learned that from my favorite murder. Yes. Uh, yes. So uh, there it is. So uh, are we ready to get into this Yes, now? I'm ready to get into this. So we start with the girls all in the parlor and getting ready to go off on a an adventure. Yes. And... Uh, what we learned very quickly is that everyone is preparing to go to a Broadway matinee. Blair and Joe and Natalie are going, and Tootie is really upset because they're all preparing, and her parents, for some reason, said, you can't go. Yes, uh, she's not old enough to be gallivanting around the big city like the older girls. W- without an adult. Yeah. but um... Um, Yeah. And I'm trying to think if on the show I feel like when they went to the when they were going to go to the Bruce Springsteen concert mm-hmm. uh, after Natalie was almost raped, they were talking about. Uh, I, Blair said, "I got us four tickets to the Bruce Springsteen concert, and we're going to go out. We're going to hang out in the city." Joe was like, "I know a great restaurant," and Natalie, uh, still afraid after being attacked, says, "I can't go. I won't go." We assume by the end of the episode, she's. A little bit herself again. Or? Yeah, she's well. They because she goes to the self defense class. So mm-hmm. hopefully she's empowering herself, and hopefully after that episode they go to the Bruce Springsteen concert. But it was clear there were four tickets, not five, for Mrs. Garrett to be their chaperone. Yeah. So I don't disagree with the theory that if you know a group of girls where the two oldest ones are seventeen and the other ones are what fifteen and fourteen. Uh, that is a little young, but they so are in a group. At this point, Natalie's about 15. Natalie's 15, and yeah. And Tootie's about 14. Tootie's 14, yeah. Okay. And let me And Natalie's out. parents think is after she was, I'm assuming her parents know that she was attacked at one point in time. So now they're just assuming because she's got this self-defense training, she's good to go to well, this other well, there's no real, <laughs> There's no real talk about Natalie yeah, being attacked. About- Natalie, clearly Natalie has completely recovered <laughs> yeah, fine. from her PTSD of that, where it was keeping her awake nights. Because and she was excited about going. Going to see a Broadway matinee. And what Broadway matinee? Oh, what was it called? I, the whole time I'm going, please tell us what show it is. Sophisticated Ladies. We learn... Not until the second act after the commercial do we learn that the show is Sophisticated Ladies. Um, Sophisticated Ladies is a musical review based on the music of Duke Ellington. The musical ran on Broadway in 1981. Who was the big name? Because I know they were mentioning some big names that were on Broadway at the time. Um, Well, no, she said, well, I missed this, I missed that, now I'm missing Sophisticated Ladies. But uh, the original cast included Gregory Hines, Judith Jameson, Phyllis Hyman, Hinton Battle, Greg Burge, and Mercer Ellington. Oh. Hines's older brother, Maurice, joined the cast later in the run. So it's a Gregory Hines show. Okay. It got very good reviews. It, uh, Hinton Battle won the Tony Award for mm-hmm. Best Featured Actor in a Musical. It also won the Tony for Best Costume Design and Phyllis Hyman won a Theater World Award so unfortunate for her performance. But what it's not saying is how long it ran. Let's look at it at... So here we are in season three. So what, we, this is about 81, 82? This is, this is early 82. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Oh, no, timeline, timeline is absolutely right. 
It ran from March of 81 to January of 83. So that is almost two years. That is an impressive run for any Broadway show. Which is why they were so excited to go see it. Yeah. And yet it's not a show that gets revived a lot. Clearly it's, because it's Duke Ellington, it's heavily African-American cast. For how many productions of Ain't Misbehavin'? Why hasn't someone... Why haven't we seen that one? Because Ellington's music, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. every bit as... Uh, to be contended with as Fats Waller's music. You heard it, Central Florida someone... Theater. Let's do some sophisticated ladies. Yes. You don't need to do Ragtime, <laughs> yeah. the 40th production of Ragtime. Great show, yes. but uh, in, in moderation. Yeah. Why uh, don't we uh, change it up a bit every now and then? Yeah. I mean, I love West Side Story every other year, yeah. just as much as the next theater yeah, goer. Uh, or, you know, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Or Annie. Annie. Oh. Mm. Oh, no more Annie. Please, no more Annie. Mm. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Yes. I'm uh, not but... a big musical person. For being the theater person I am, I was never <clears throat> into the musicals. Really? really? There are a few. There are yeah. a few gems that I, that I thoroughly enjoy. I mean, I am into musicals, and this is one. I recognize the title, but I thought, I don't know what that is, I don't though. Know what it is. But if you think about it, encapsulating this whole little episode we just saw, a title such as Sophisticated Ladies. It's probably also a little prophetic. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> they no, all... I'm a sophisticated lady. Yeah. Some, some might use that term ironically to mm-hmm. describe the type of woman that Tootie is about mm. to uh, encounter. Anywho. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I think, for all that was running on Broadway to say, we're going to see this. Let's, we'll, we'll give it to them. Um, but the thing is, Natalie's being kind of a dick about it. She, yeah. <laughs> that she's like, we're going and you're staying. I'm really sad. So sad you can't go. But we're going. Bye. Yep, bye. Yep. <laughs> Here's my Peace charming out. smile. See ya. Bitches. <laughs> um, so the girls go. Mrs. Garrett is driving them to the train station. Yeah. And like we've discussed, I believe New York City is about an hour by train from Peekskill. So... Um, <laughs> Mrs. Garrett and the girls all leave, at which point Tootie continues to commiserate with Miko that they can't go. We don't know why Miko's not going. We don't know. She doesn't have a parent to call, I guess, to find out if it's okay for her to go to the city. But, yep, and uh, here we come with the vaudevillian writers that I frequently credit on the show. Tootie's like, how am I supposed to be a great actress if I don't go and see shows? And Miko says, well, you just saw me in King Lear. And Tootie says... And you were great in the role. <laughs> I loved that. You were great. Yeah. Miko was King Lear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the sad thing is that's not as off base as you might think in a girl's school. I was going to say, it says a lot about their theater department. We have we talk at length about this, uh, Laura Hodos and I, on uh, when they do South Pacific. That's the one episode I remember the most out of anything else from my childhood oh. is that... It is going to wash that man out of my hair moment. That's oh. what comes to mind when I think of the facts you, of life. You wait till you hear that episode. It's <laughs> it's a Lulu. The one with Laura was terrific. Anyhow, Tootie basically has learned nothing from her experience with Jermaine Jackson. And being a bratty, I want to get my way and I'm just going to do whatever I want attitude. Her little tantrum that she throws. Uh, yeah. She doesn't throw a tantrum here. She just says, I'm going. Miko's like, you can't. Your parents said you can't. And she's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to prove to them that I'm mature enough to yeah. get myself into the city. <laughs> I'm going to prove I'm mature enough by not listening to anything you just told me yeah. and running off on my own. By disobeying my elders. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm going to disobey you so you know that I'm mature enough. <laughs> <sighs> 
Yeah. But her plan is, and I do have to say for the show, the timeline works very well that they lay out of what happens and when, is that 2D's plan is I'm going to take the next train into New York uh, and then I'm going to meet them at the theater. Yes, in so, front of the theater. In front of the theater. So the big surprise is going to be, ta-da, uh, I made it in and now you all have to treat me like an adult. Continuing the Tootie being treated as a baby theme, which is getting a little tired. Because she's got $38 in her pocket. That's right. She's been saving. She has $38, and she's she's an independent woman of the 80s. Mm-hmm. So she's going to go, and the plot is now, uh, it has left this, the plot train has left the station. Yes. While Miko just sits there alone. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and... It wasn't even a, why don't the two of us go in? Yeah, come with me. Let's go on an Let's adventure. Let's do it. And, Miko, and that's what she said. It's go ahead. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's, I, I don't get it. No. Um, especially in light of recent events. Mm-hmm. Then we are at a New York cafe. This is the, I believe, the second of three episodes where we're in New York City. Last week, we were at the fancy luncheon place where Natalie saw her father having an affair. Oh. Yeah. But, um... Now, it's like, for some reason, I don't know if there was some type of a promotion or something with NBC or the programming block where they were like, we need to do some shows where they go into the city. But there's this little cluster of them. I think this is two of three right now. Because they had one New York set or something. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, it was a different, it was a different restaurant last okay. time. But um, so we end up at this little cafe, this sort of little uh, greasy spoon diner yes, yes. kind of a thing. Directly across the street from the theater. Like you do. Directly. Directly. Well, what has happened? Uh, First of all, Blair is holding a stack of boxes from Bloomingdale's. Uh We've talked about people who are rich having luggage, having a lot of luggage. It shows that you're wealthy if you have more items to carry around all the time. When you're trying to display rich and you have carrying a stack of wrapped boxes with string on them. Yes. Comedy evergreen. All of my Bloomingdale purchases and not one Bloomingdale bag to show for Uh, it. No, they didn't have shopping bags then. I don't get it, but... um, so apparently Blair went on a little shopping spree at Bloomingdale's mm-hmm. and due to them arriving at the theater late, they were not able to get tickets. So they didn't have their tickets in advance. Uh, your question right out uh-huh. of my brain. Uh-huh. If you're planning to go to a matinee to see and you're going to take the time to go in to see a Broadway show, why would you not buy your tickets ahead of time? Maybe and, that wasn't, a, is that not common for the time? Well, Are you not like, able yeah. to buy tickets? No, ever? in those days it was like, you know, for tickets, call Telecharge. Yeah, you, you didn't reserve yeah. your tickets or seats? Yeah, use your Master Charge or Visa card or Diners Club. Like you could, <laughs> you could yes. absolutely buy tickets ahead and have them waiting at the box office. But they didn't. They didn't. And um, when they're giving Blair the the deserved shit that they're giving her, Blair says, well, how was I to know that that woman was going to walk up and buy the last 40 tickets? And the punchline of that joke is, Joe says, she was a nun, Blair. Everybody (laughs) knows they don't travel alone. (laughs) Is this an appropriate show for nuns and her people? More nuns? I I don't know. Was it 40 nuns going into... 40 nuns? I don't think I'd want that in my audience. Uh, uh, No, not even a matinee. I'd be like, could we get the nursing home bus over here instead? But uh, hey, you never know. They're they're sophisticated ladies yes. too. Sophisticated nuns. So Blair is just completely dis- 
disgusted by this oh, appalled. place. She, appalled. She says, this place is so dirty. And she, I love it. She picks up the ashtray and puts it on the other yes, side of the table. It's like... <laughs> 1982. Empty ashtray that ash was there. Ashtrays. There's ashtrays in restaurants. I, I loved the, uh, look at the hamburger. It's green. And I could actually picture the picture mm-hmm. of the hamburger in the menu had turned green. Yeah. And we've all seen those old menus where the color just fades yeah. out. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, so as they assess the place and uh, look around and are sort of, you know, Joe is completely comfortable. This oh, yeah. is like, she is in her element. And Natalie is kind of in the middle she ground. She doesn't care. She just she, wants to eat and look at the menu. And... Yeah, exactly. Not a, not a fat joke about Natalie, no. but we know she's fixated on yeah. the food. And then somehow, somewhere, as they're assessing the place, Joe points out the fact that there are some women there who are working. Oh, yeah. And they're like... Oh, but first, first, I think, isn't it uh, Blair that notices the, the man on the phone in his suit? Um... Yeah, is, that is it, is it the suit that she notices? She noticed. She said that man over there using the payphone, and and they were just talking about how he's dressed in a dressed, business. Suit. At least he's dressed nicely yeah. or something. And and then Joe says he's a pimp. He's a pimp, and she's like, what? And then she's like, yeah, she's and that's what those girls over there. And Natalie has a wonderful. You mean they're hookers? <laughs> yeah. And we are we're going to go on record saying that was. Um, that was the term that was used back in it those was days. Yes, and uh, but, but na- even so, even though with the pimp, he's a pimp. <gasps> he's a he's pimp. A pimp. Where's, his, where's his fur coat and his cigar and his purple hat? Yes, <laughs> yes, they're like. <laughs> <laughs> but then Joe literally says, "Look, he's on the phone right now. He's yeah. talking with a customer." Yeah. And then she says, "As soon as he's done, he's going to tell one of the girls where she's got to go to meet the guy." So you see him hang up the phone, and then this girl walks up in a fur coat. Of course. Of course, in a uh, full-on fur, dressed like a stereotypical sex worker. So, I mean, they were pretty tame for... It was I just, mean... They, they didn't look any worse than Sandy from Greece at the end. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, this, was, uh, this was, yeah, primetime whore, yeah, yeah, I think is what yeah. they were going Bigger with. hair. The girls had makeup on. Yeah. and uh, And then just as Joe was describing it, it's what happens. And it's a beautiful way <laughs> for the show good, yeah. to establish that is what's happening. And of course, Blair and Natalie are like, <gasps> they're oh scandalized. Her, her, Natalie's reactions were absolutely racist. Beautiful. Beautiful. And <laughs> and Natalie is from New York City. She's, matter of fact, she's, yeah, Joe is, the, okay, all three of these girls come from. They're from New York. New York. Joe is from the Bronx. But Blair is from Manhattan. Natalie's status, I mean, they talk about New York. But this is, I mean, it's Broadway. They're... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm granted, you know, yeah. and But yeah. Broadway in 82, that yeah, whole true. Times Square was true. still sleazy and porn theaters. And, yeah. yeah. You know, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't the outdoor mall that it is today, the, the tourist trap that it turned into in the 90s. Um, so I guess, but it's just like, I don't know. I It, it would be one thing... Tootie is from D.C. Tootie's naivete plays okay. But it's just like, Natalie, it's like, you've never been they, to Times Square. If they walk down the street in New York, they probably have seen. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's mm. just they didn't expect to see them doing business. I guess maybe. They've never <laughs> seen why it. why is this coffee shop the hub of this guy's business? <laughs> Who knows? Up close and personal, finally. And and by the way, it's one of those gigantic payphones. Oh, God, That's yeah. the size of a, of a heart-lung machine. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's like the one in the parlor. It's just uh-huh. a big-ass payphone. 
And he apparently calls all of the clients. No client ever calls him. Do, yeah. Do we ever hear the phone ring? No. He no. just walks up to the phone periodically and starts calling people and then hands the girl wow. an address. And and then and then says, go meet this client and make sure he pays you in dimes. In dimes. Yes. Because <laughs> i got to make more calls and I'm running out of change. Bring me some change in your coin purse. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> So then we cut back to the parlor in the cafeteria. We're back at Eastland School. Mrs. Garrett has returned and she is yelling at Miko going, What do you mean she went to the city? (laughs) And Miko's like, "Uh, I was, and she's like, why didn't you tell me? And Miko says, I did tell you. (laughs) And Mrs. Garrett says, four hours and three lies later. (laughs) What was it taken from me? Amnesia's not an excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your Mrs. Garrett impression? I guess so. That's what just Jamie fell out Lynn. of my mouth. <laughs> you know you're welcome. I, well, and this is a non-judgment zone. That's good. That's good. I feel like everything, every Mrs. Garrett I hear it is on the same lines as Paul Lynn. It's, but, it's Paul Lynn, Alice Ghostly. Yes. Um, but listening yeah. to her, she's a bit, Hepburn. she's a, well, maybe it's just this particular episode. She wasn't all... <sighs> She is full Garrett in this. She is. That's a good description. We are at full throttle Garrett in this because she is upset. And she said, actually says, um, uh, I can't believe she'd do this. I'm so angry. And the phone rings and she picks it up. Hello. And oh, Joe, and then yeah, and it's and it's Joe on the phone, <laughs> but she's re- oh, she's getting really broad with this, and then she's like, Oh, you missed the show. So, and it's just her side, we don't see Joe's side of the no. conversations. This is giving her a chance to do some acting and so stuff. We assume everything is okay for yeah. a minute, right? So, she's like, Oh, good, it's yeah. you, Joe. Oh, all right, well, I'm so glad you called, and then she says. Put Tootie on the phone. With a great expression to yeah. uh, she is show like, us all oh, that she's bitch. ready to ream her ass I'm out for this. Throw down. <laughs> I'm gonna cut a bitch. And then she gets, What do you mean she's not with you? She was said she was going to I'm gonna I can't do this for the whole I can't sustain it. But the the story is she said she was going Miko tells me she was going to meet you in front of the theater. What do you mean you didn't make it to the theater? You didn't get tickets to the show. Well, where is she? And it's like, okay. What does this have to do with a nun? Yeah, that's right. And then, that's right. And, and, but, but ten of a, what does this have to do with a nun? And it's like, girl. But she takes her breath. She knows She knows. she needs yeah, to realize. Yeah, she does do it. She does a. <laughs> Take her nice. You're right. She very does a little, dramatic yeah. breath. And then finally she just says, I'm coming in right now wait for me meet me in one hour in front of in the theater front of the theater yes. so that's where they're gonna go and figure out what's happening so then we come back to the cafe mm-hmm. um and uh tootie comes in and it is cold it's so wow, cold. It's cold it was so cold you can tell how cold it was by how much her hands were shaking. Yeah. So, you know when it's really, really cold and you want to warm up? You want to sit by the window yeah. closest to the door. Without your jacket on. Yeah. But yes. her coat got stolen, remember? She oh, wait, got already, stolen on the subway. Her coat had already been stolen. That's yeah. Right. Her coat was already missing. Um, so then up comes this uh, waitress uh, named Bernice. Bernice. And um, like Bernice. the actress's name is Linda Darlow. If I wrote that down, I can't read my own writing here. Um, all three of the supporting players in this show, uh, Bernice the waitress, 
Mike, the pimp, whom oh. we are going to meet shortly, and then the nice girl, Christy, who befriends Tootie. All three of them are still working. They're still out there, still working, and they have those great character actor careers where they've played a bunch of little roles the, over I was time. Gonna, I had a question because the, like uh, Bernice and, and Mike, I can see how they could continue their mm-hmm. career as performers. Um, who is Christy? Who is it? Is she, was she anybody at this well, time? Let's, or let's wait till we get here. Anything? Let's, okay. let's wait for one second here. Um, we're, cause we're about to get to Christy and then we can do this. So no. Tootie is cold. And then, uh, Bernice, the waitress walks up and she says, you know, what do you have? And she says, Oh, I need some hot cocoa. And she opens the menu and a laugh. The burger looks good. <laughs> <laughs> the green faded burger. That yep. sounds good. So she says all that. And Bernice oddly says that'll be three eighty five or whatever the yeah. price was, which is about right for those days. You want to, should I pay she you says, now? You, you want me to, and like us, Tootie's like, you, you want me to pay you now? And as Tootie starts digging through her purse, she says, you'd be surprised how many people suddenly can't find their money. Yeah. And Tootie's like, where's my wallet? (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) And Bernice is like, yep, surprise. Fuck off. You can't take up a table. Yeah, you can't eat here. You can't stick around. And Tootie's like, but uh, I put down my coat on the subway and then I turned away and it was gone. And now my wallet isn't in my purse. What is happening? I'm not used to the big city. I'm I'm, I'm an independent woman of the 80s, but people are doing things. (laughs) And uh, so quickly... Uh, this young girl, Christy. Young is a very um, a very good phrase for her. Very, it, very young. Very young. It, she intervenes on her on Tootie's behalf, and she tells Bernice, "I've got this. I'll yeah. pay for it." And Tootie's like, "Oh my God, thank you." Um, she is. Her name is Tammy Lauren. Okay. And you were asking, was she anybody? Yeah, was she she, um, she looks familiar, doesn't she? She did look a little familiar, but she looked like. You know who she resembles? She resembles. The daughter in the second National Lampoon's Vacation movie. Yes. Not the first one. I know exactly who you're talking about. But the second about. girl who has, she has the very round pronounced She had a lot face. of chin. There was a, there was a, a lot, lot of, of chin jowls. acting with her. But um, I'll, I'll think of what the actress is, but she was, I remember very clearly it was the European vacation movie where they had to trade out kids because yes. the other ones got too old. She did look very similar to her now that you mentioned that. And that um, yeah, but there's there's something else too. I, I'm trying to think of who else she resembles. I was uh, wondering if she was kind of like a celebrity in her own right or from a different show and this was her guest spot. Um, she was not. But the thing is, according to IMDb, she's she's actually my age. She was born in 68 which means she would have been probably 13 at the time this was made and 14 when it broadcast. just maybe even more uncomfortable about it. So yeah, so she's a 13-year-old girl. So she legitimately was 13. She just wasn't a girl who looked really young. And and she's good. She's good. She's really good, I think. (laughs) She, She had her moments. I think uh, her well, chin think... was doing lots. She acted <laughs> with her chin out there to emphasize things. But I think playing the emotion of being just genuinely friendly to Tootie and yes. then being torn with this dynamic with Mike. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's asking a lot of a 13-year-old. True. And uh, so I think she did. I think she did well. I liked her. She, it looks like, was on a TV show called Homefront, mm. which sounds like a show I've heard of. I don't know. And then, um, and that's more recently, but then there were two years, uh, a little over a decade ago, she was on The Young and the Restless. Yeah. Okay. So this young girl, she's dressed in 
uh, like a, it's like a, a it's like striped a leotard. leotard it's like a le- it's, with a tutu okay. at when the I hips. When I turned seven, <laughs> yeah, it's... when I turned seven, and I used to wear roller skates all the time. One of my favorite birthday gift I had ever had at that point was my mother got me roller skates and a little skating leotard. Oh my with god, with a little skirt. That flared out of it, and that was the first thing I thought when she walked up. <laughs> Look at her in her little leotard and skirt and her leg warmers and her purple tights. And, and purple, uh, purple leg, the purple leg warmers yes. and purple tights. And yes. she still looked to me dressed like a child. Yeah, and I think um, it's interesting that because they still had her in, they had her hair done. Her hair was long and curly. Yeah. She was wearing makeup. Yes, I I think this was a costuming and makeup win. In that we are trying to portray a young girl who is clearly hired because she is and looks young, but not that young. Mm, I still got such a, her costume made her look more childlike. Yeah, with the even I, maybe it was just the leg warmers look because the other girls that you see in the background look a little more mature. Yeah, they do. They all have the same kind of hair and makeup going, but they had like the really tight pants basically the leather pants or the the spandex pants rather yeah and fur coats and everybody all, the fur coats you all can of handle. them had fur coats that's um that's standard issue we have to True. dress for winter time because remember it's cold they all had the tootie coats. tootie has got her arms crossed and is padding herself so it's that's making and she keeps doing it it's oh, like God. okay we her hands don't and then she's rocking back and forth a lot too <laughs> yes. she's it's like, okay, that, that was a directorial choice. You are choice. so cold. It had to be a directorial choice. Um, so this girl is um, very sweet and pretty and young and tootie, and she instantly connect. And she's like, I'm tootie. I'm Christy. And um, she says, oh, my coat was stolen. That's where she says, yeah. my coat was gone on the train, uh, and now my wallet's missing. And then I got on the wrong train and I got to the theater too late, and I missed my friends. Yeah, and they're in there. I know my friends are so in there. So she's waiting here thinking they're about to come out of the theater, the performance, uh, and she is wrong. <laughs> and she somehow gets out. Christy says, are you fr-? she says, are you from the city? And Christy says, I'm from Akron. But I know my way around here now. Yeah, and didn't, you Trudy, pointed, didn't Trudy look at her at one point and said, you look like you are you know your way around. Oh, you're from Akron? It looks yeah, like you're so comfortable yeah. here. It's, uh, yeah. And you you pointed out that they did this weird directorial pause. Like, oh, yeah, I know my way around here now. <laughs> and just a long enough pause for an announcer could have said, if you know what she means. Oh, she knows her way around. <laughs> Giggity. Yeah, a um, little pause, but then it's like also the... I'm going to do this quick close-up on her face so we know this is an important line. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, okay, she's she ain't she don't mean geographically, no. kids. No. Um so then uh Mike calls her over. Mike who is the well-dressed pimp man who was on the phone earlier. Mm-hmm. And god, he is magnificent. Oh, he is fantastic. Oh. His name is Daryl Fetty. Daryl Fetty. F-E-T-T-Y. Still working. Still has recent credits and a whole bunch of credits. Most of it you've never heard of, but he is working, working and earning a living <laughs> as a character actor. Bravo. And yeah. he is so magnificently sleazy he and really, imposing. Oh, oh, he just, he, ugh, every yeah. time he, ugh, Yeah, <laughs> there's the oil, the, the, uh, the, the coat of oil and greasiness on him is so... Uh, Palpable, yeah. We both were making those noises. I have a note that just says, filthy, filthy man. Filthy, yes. 
beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's right. Before I think before we meet him, and Christy says something about, "I'm an actress." Um, that's true, right? Yeah. And that's that's what gets to oh, I want to be an actress. Yeah. Yeah, that's in Tootie, so they, they connect on that level, too. That's why she came to the city from Akron, to be an actress. To be an actress, yeah. So then Mike calls her over, and Mike's like, who's that? And she's like, oh, just some kid from yeah. some kid from upstate. Yeah. And he looks at her, and he says, she's got the look. The what? Yes. <laughs> but that's it. The look? The look? The look. Her in her frumpy sweater <laughs> covering I know. all her guns. With her... With her Penis head, bowl haircut, and the braces, and and the braces. It's yeah. It's like she's got the, what? And her complete and total uncomfortableness just being there. <laughs> yeah. And oh, what she's was got it? The look. Was it Jordash had that? That you've got. You've got the look. I want to know better. Oh, I don't know. You've got the look. That's I know there was that together. song. She's got the look. Na, 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 yeah. Na, na. Uh, working, playing, day or night. Jordash has the look that's right, the Jordash look. I think it's Jordash. Maybe, but she doesn't even have that. But it was Jordash jeans and... She's got like a kilt on and a sweater. Yeah, no, <laughs> she's dressed like... I mean, she's got the look. And she doesn't even have that private school, that, that you know, Britney Spears, oops, I did it again, no. hot there Catholic school no girl. There is no sex appeal going no. on with Tootie whatsoever no. to have any kind of Not... look that would say she'd make a good hooker. Yeah. Even... And he said it, and why he said it, it was just so creepy. It was so He's weird. He's got the look of the um, yeah. way too young to ever be a hooker. Yeah. And he says, and and uh, Christy is like, no, come on. You don't, she's just a kid. She's yeah. a, and he just goes, I want her. Oh, yeah. You know oh. what to do. You know what to do. So this is clearly like, what some... What is she going to do? Yeah. It, it's like some type of a ploy. Uh, uh, we have a system in place. Yeah. A, a recruitment procedure that you apparently have already done for me before. Yeah. And then what's what's her name? Bern, Bern, not Bernadette. What's her name? Bernice. 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 Bernice adds something to that later where she's where apparently there is something they do. Yeah. Yeah. To recruit these girls. I, uh, pff, wow. It's And it's that's even more disturbing. Oh, God, yes. But... um. So, quick, um, yeah, so, uh, unfortunately, we, it's very clear that the power dynamic is in Mike's favor. So, with really no other alternative, Christy's kind of like, so Christy sits down and says, hey, I have a thought. You know uh, what? My acting class was canceled. Yeah, that's right. She said, I'm an acting class. And she's like, do you take a lot of acting classes? Well, sometimes when I can. She says, mm-hmm. you know what? I've got a better idea. Since you're already in trouble, you're already going to be going back to school to be punished. Why don't you really take advantage of it? Why don't you spend the whole weekend in the city? Yeah, got... you can stay overnight with me in my apartment. Yeah, and... my twelve-year-old self. <laughs> exactly. Owning an apartment in New York City. What are we gonna have for dinner? Candy. <laughs> But Twinkies and Fruit Loops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we're gonna jump on the bed and put on our footy pajamas and My giggle about boys. Apartment. But um, and uh, but 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 Christy, I have to call back to the school to let them know that I'm okay. Yeah. 
Oh, don't do that. Use yeah. the phone at my apartment. Yeah, no, there's a phone over there. I it's could... right there is a payphone. You paid for my burger, you can't give me a dime? Don't do that. Just come with me to my apartment. Yeah. And, um, we'll and she talk says... talk about acting classes. If you want to be an actress, you have to experience yeah. things. If you want to be an actress, you have to start out as a hooker. Yeah, and... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm getting, the message I'm getting from yeah. this. Every actress does it. Yes, exactly. Psst, what's the matter? Won't your mommy let you? <laughs> So it ends with the two of them and, and Tootie being like, okay, kind of like getting convinced. And the way the shot, it's so dramatically set up is it, the phone, the pay phone's in the background. Mike walks into the shot. Leers his way into the pay into phone. The and and he, he oozes. Yeah. Doesn't even look at the number he's dialing. Yeah. He's just and, glaring. And while he's on the phone, he's just looking at her like a... Like a tiger looking at a stake. Oh, so uncomfortable. And that is where Act One ends. What is going to happen? I don't know. I still don't kind of know after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, before we continue, this is the getting to know you section oh. of the show. So, yes. Jamie Lynn Marcus. Yes, David. Will you allow me to uh, ask you some questions about yourself Go and on. your your art and your talents? Where were you born? I was born and raised. In Central Florida. I am one of the few. You're a native? I am a native Floridian. Central. We are in Central Florida. Uh, Deltona is where I was born. <clears throat> My mom still lives in the same house that I grew up in. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. And the same house in Deltona, Florida. Wow. And that's, Deltona is, it, she's not mispronouncing Daytona. No, Deltona. D-E-L. And that is literally, people were on their way to Daytona and they ran uh-huh. out of gas. Yeah, pretty much. And settled the town of Deltona. Yeah, it was, it was like a retirement community to begin with. Oh, and, was it? Yeah, so it was a very, very small town so when, when did I you... started out there. Uh, so when did you first get interested in acting and performing? I accidentally got interested in, uh-huh. in high school because, like I said, I developed early. Uh-huh. And I became very shy. Oh. Very, very shy mm-hmm. all through middle school. And my freshman year of high school, Deltona High School, I signed up for an art class, like a drawing. And the first thing mm-hmm. you had to take was drawing one. Uh-huh. And they put me in painting one, which okay. you can't take. Until you've had all of your drawing classes. <gasps> so, wow. Yeah. So I went to my guidance counselor and I'm going to change my schedule. And the one and only class that I could move into was intro to drama. No way. And I was terrified. Wow. So we had a, a substitute teacher at the time. And she had me the very second I stepped into that room, sit up in front of the class, tell everybody who you are, oh what God. made you want to sign, what made you want to take drama, you know, go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah. I didn't. <laughs> I don't remember what I said, but I remember people giggled. Oh, okay. Not at me, but at something I said. Oh, and good. I went, oh, uh, okay, this is, right, this is okay. Sure. And from that point on, once I started making people laugh, mm-hmm. I was... 100% in. It's better than any drug, isn't it? It really is. It, it really is. is. I, I've never done drugs in my life, and oh, I can't I imagine. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not asking you to divulge any I don't know what you're talking sensitive about, information. But so. <laughs> I've never done any, any sort of uh, drug or substance or anything, and I can't imagine any of it feeling as good as when you're in front of a crowd. It really... And you, and you get the laugh. Yes. That is heroin to me but yeah so i i joined the drama department and it wasn't until 
I mean, I didn't even do any real plays or anything mm-hmm. at that point until I think my it was my junior year. I never went to college. I never did anything. We, we were just, poor. I was just going to ask you, you, did you study? You went I didn't to... study. I went directly out of high school right onto the stage I, at the community theaters. I just auditioned for everything mm-hmm. and, and getting learned as you went. A lot of lead roles, right? Not to toot my horn, but I, I never played in the chorus, really. Yeah. I kind of... You were in the deep end, girl. Full into it, yeah. And, you know, I wasn't doing professional to start off. Well, I did a lot of kids' theater, too. I started getting paid. Yeah. Very small amounts of money. But I yeah. lived my whole 20s working, you know, little jobs that would allow me to do all the theater in the world at night. And yeah. so I, I got all my training by doing. Yeah. And as, as did I. I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I didn't... I went to college. I didn't study theater in college. I studied cinema, which... As far as useless degrees go, it's like really. But you know a lot, and it shows. I do. It should have been should have been television, um, TV, movies. Uh, wow, that surprises me. I thought you studied. No, giving me a chance to to wax your car a little bit. Every single show I have seen you in, you're always a standout. Oh, thank you. It's always training, though. I mean, you learn so much about... Well, you hope so. It should be. Yeah. It should be. You hope so. If you're learning with the people you're working with, if you're learning from the new directors you work with, too. Well, I am thrilled to have you yeah, here. Thank and you, And we've, we have worked together now. Do you realize I came to Citizens of Hollywood in 2011? And I started there in February 2010. Yeah, so, so you had been there a year. year. You had only been there a year before I did, but it's like, how is, how is it, eight years? I know. I mean, you've been doing it nine. I've been doing it eight. How was my child almost seven I, during all that time? That's crazy. For how long we've worked together, I'm like, I've, I have learned things about you that I didn't know. And that's, <laughs> I know, that's upsetting <laughs> and happy. Yeah, well, thank you. And good and bad. And well, anyway. But let's get back to the facts of life. Okay. Jamie Lynn Marcus. Yes, David Almeida. So we come back from commercial. Uh-huh. And at this point, we're still in the diner. The, no, they're coming back, though. She, Christy and, and Tootie left the diner to do something. What do they do? I don't know. That's what I, I have. Where yeah. did they yeah. go? Oh, it was like, let's step outside so you can, <laughs> yeah, when you come gonna... back in, to make sure. Come on, I'll take you around New yeah. York. We're going to have a good time. You might as well stay here with me, and, and you can use the phone in my apartment. I feel like maybe she went to look for the girls. Oh, you did... know what it is? The plays let out. She, they were oh. going across the street to catch the, and of course, see if they could find the girl, girls weren't there. Uh-huh. So it was like, huh, where are my friends? So, so they I just think came back to the diner together. Christy might have thought this was her out, like, well, ugh, lost her to her friends. Oh, well. So stay overnight. Come on. Yeah. So they come back and Tootie's like, well, shit, my friends aren't here to go back with them. I'm so much trouble. Um, so it- then Mike intervenes again. Yeah. And uh, Christy tries to push back hard. She's really sweet kid. She's not right. This oh, isn't. She said she still watches Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Which upset me so much, so much that well, that well, wasn't the end of the conversation. And Mike yeah. was still pushing for her yeah. to be a hooker. Yeah. And he actually says something to the effect of. But he Make says, it work. Yeah. He says, <laughs> designers, <laughs> I'm concerned about time, designers. Make it work. <laughs> Use the Krispy Kreme accessory wall thoughtfully. <laughs> New sponsor. No, instead he said it very, yeah. very creepy. You'll have two hours <laughs> in, the du- in the DuPont makeup salon and in the Dunkin' Donuts uh, hair and makeup studio. We have new sponsors here, designers. Um, <laughs> can you tell I have donuts I on the brain? Him. 
<laughs> Tim Gunn, I know. Um, there's a moment there of tension where he's like, uh, excuse me, I told you to do something. Yeah, do this or I hurt you yeah. is essentially the, the vibe coming yeah. across. Without, it, without him holding up the back of his hand to her or something. Yeah. But he says, make it work. And during the, the pause after make it work, there were a couple of audience like, oh, like groans. Yeah, oh. yeah like, oh. there were these uncomfortable groans oh. from the audience. And you're like, yeah, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, trouble make the most. Oh, I'm sorry. This I is, got ahead this of is us. Where, yeah, this is where this she is says. This is where she says, since you're in trouble already, let's make the most of it. Uh, we'll use the phone at my apartment. And um, now we actually, Tootie and Mike actually meet me, don't they? Well, by meet, you mean Mike comes up dangerously close between them. It's like, hey. Hey. (laughs) So, yeah. So what happens is she says, Tootie, I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. And Tootie says, hi. And long, leery stare. And then he leans down and just goes, hi. Uh, And, and. And the audience laughs like it is such an uncomfortable. It was gross. so long. Yeah, like I think they were laughing because they were all creeped up. Yeah. <laughs> I think this guy's serious. Which, which way is the exit? <laughs> this is so terrible. Um, I have to point out his his nice suit. I don't know what what the idea. Like, okay, so Blair draws attention to the fact that he's not dressed traditionally like a pimp would be expected to dress, mm-hmm. and he's in his little suit. With his little red tie and kind of navy or black suit that he has on. What was the purple pocket square that's all disheveled? Yeah. Sticking out? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's really right. It was a disheveled purple pocket square. And then he's got on a, a pink shirt and a burgundy tie. Yeah. So it's like, maybe it was a, their intention. Of I'm a businessman. I don't have my purple hat on to prove that I'm a pimp, but I've got yeah. a purple, purple pocket square. Yeah. That's hard to say. Yes. Purple Pocket Square. Purple Pocket that's, Square. That's my next children's book. There it is. After Blair's Blue Blazer. <laughs> I want that. So then we go outside the theater, and we've got Mrs. Garrett and the girls. And then we meet Martha and her husband. I'm assuming this is at, this is so this is after the matinee, so this is for the evening? Uh, well, one would presume for the evening performance okay. and be- on a Sunday. Okay. Actually, no, Saturday would typically be. The when matinee you have the and two an evening. Shows. Yeah. Saturdays and Wednesdays are typically your two show days. Um, so, but yeah, we've got this funny. We we suddenly go into this this vaudeville sketch. It was very vaudeville. <laughs> where you've got the wife going, I can't believe we didn't get tickets for this show. Well, you've got to do it. We've come all the way into the city, and he's like, How am I supposed to get what? tickets for the show? She's like, You just buy them from somebody. There are scalpers everywhere. He's like, Scalping is illegal. Get yeah. the tickets. Yeah. And she runs off. Yes, dear. And he's like, I love you. Yeah. And he's funny. Okay, poopsie. His name is Larry Gelman, this actor, and he is still working. He is a quintessential character. Beautifully done. So what this sets up in the middle of this creepy luring uh, a preteen girl into sex work story is now we get this wacky misunderstanding where he walks up to Mrs. Garrett and the three others and he's trying to be all 
subtle about oh, it. But before, he's before he coat. walks up, Blair sees him. Yeah. And they have that moment where they make eye contact. So Blair glances over and sees him. And then he's standing there holding his trench coat closed. Yeah. Leering. So immediately I'm like, she thinks he's a flasher. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's like, that man is staring he's at looking us. looking at us. So then he walks over and creepily looks at us. I need two for tonight. <laughs> and Mrs. Garrett's like, what? But the best is Natalie. Which two? Which two? And they're like, Natalie. So I just want, I was curious. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Which That's of the, the two of us? perfect Natalie. I line. loved it. So uh, the, thinking that they're being mistaken for, for sex workers, Mrs. Garrett says, leave us alone. And, and then he says, no, I'm just trying to... Sp- Get some. She swats him with her purse. Oh, yeah, she does the proverbial yeah. purse hit. In the history of the world, have women ever hit a man with their purse? They do it a lot in film. But has anybody has a, have you ever hit a man with your purse? No, no, I can't say I have. I I think that that's one of those TV movie tropes that I don't think exists in real life. Is I, the, I mean, is, <laughs> I don't. I can't say you know. But then at the yeah. same time, as much stuff as I, at least I tend to carry in my purse, it seems like a perfectly logical weapon to wield in a moment. If you need, <laughs> that I would and in, have to. and in the self defense course, when Natalie was almost attacked and raped, yeah, yeah. we learned that the contents of a purse can help you out if you're. In a jam. True, but do you just swing all of those contents in one, <laughs> right in one uh, No, he means using no. them like a shit. Yeah, use yeah. a lollipop as a shiver. I whatever. learned very quickly to walk with my keys in between my fingers as oh, yeah. a, a weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, as you should. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I think that it, I mean, it's certainly a funny visual. It's a beautiful visual. Yes. Probably the, the the greatest example would be. Um, Ruth Buzzy and Artie Johnson yes. on Laugh-In. I would have, I would have uh, Where, liked for Mrs. Garrett to take a couple of swats yeah, she before just, he said, no, wait, She wait, just wait. like winds up just and just one. goes, swat. What? And it didn't even look like it landed that high. I know. <laughs> and she is clearly oh an God. empty purse. <laughs> yep. So then we come back to the diner. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, they're getting ready to leave. And Bernice, the waitress, pulls Tootie aside and says... Don't you know what's going on here? Yeah, before that, before um, it was Christy was talking to Tootie again and trying to convince her. Mm-hmm. There was a great moment with Bernice over overhearing this. Yeah. And she had this, I thought she had this really wonderful moment in the background, taking this in, realizing that this is another girl that's yeah. getting caught up into this racket and she feels a need to, to say something. But yeah. you can see her disapproval from the beginning. And there was also another, yet another line in there that Christy says to Tootie, come on, it'll be an adventure. You got to live if you're going to be an actress. Yes. It's like, like, okay, define How many times do we have to say if you're going to be an actress, you got to start out a hooker. Yeah. Yikes. That's why I never went to the big city. That's why you didn't. (laughs) They'd have eaten you up alive, lady. (laughs) But um, Bernice is like, don't you see what's going on? Open your eyes. And Tootie's like, what? They're my friends. They're, They're very being nice. nice to me. Yeah. And she says, she's going to take you. She goes, she's letting me stay with her. And she says, yeah, they're going to take you back to her apartment, give you a drink, and you're going to wake up three days later. Yeah. So already uh, insinuating this is now sex trafficking. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're going to so drug like, you and make you their slave. So exactly. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, they're not trying to, are they trying to lure her into sex work? Or are they just going to drug her and let 
people do things to her. Well, is it, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, is is it the point of we're gonna drug you, get you hooked on this, to where you're gonna be too scared to go home again? You're mm-hmm. already in trouble. You might as well stay here now. Yeah. Clearly, they're living in fear of him and what he'll do. I, yeah. Without ever physicalizing it, he's clearly there's violence going on here. They fear. They're him. scared of him. They yeah. fear him. And um, and and it's perfect for network television that we got that without them having to give us that. Yeah, yeah. Then Bernice says, "Do you want to be for sale, like Christy?" At which point, Tootie looks over and sees Mike on the phone and sees him. Uh, one of the money one some... of the girls in the fur coat hands him the money, mm-hmm. like from her trick that she just uh, went and uh, hooked up with. At which point it's very visually obvious. Tootie goes over to collect her stuff or goes back over yeah, to their she's table. Done now. And so Tootie gets it. Yeah. And then, am I right that Christy just walks up to her out of the blue and says, Does my hair look all right? Yeah, she came out of the bathroom. Oh, it's Does like, my hair look okay? It's like, it looks um, exactly the same as it did before. Yes. And I, <laughs> it didn't... was. Change it at all, if that's what you mean. What a, what a weird <laughs> conversation starter. Why are you asking? Does and my then, hair look good enough for the trick I'm about to go on? But, but they were, but I think they were trying to reverse engineer because then now Tootie is like, you can drop the act. I know you're not an actress and I know you work for Mike. You're a liar. Yeah, you're not an actress. Yeah, yeah. And your hair doesn't look all right. Yeah. And I'm not sure you even care what your hair Fine. looks like. Cause Child. Because you're, you're a lying liar. Your hair's nice, but you're... Poopy face. Yes. <laughs> How dare you lie to me this whole time? Yeah. And then the best line, we both laughed so hard, where Christy was like, what What are you talking about? Mike's just my friend. And Tootie says, I'm not that dumb. Uh, yes. yes. Yes, you, you are. are. Yes, you are. In you fact, are about, about two minutes so ago, you just realized how dumb you were. You are so beyond that dumb. The way, Bernice just flat out said, don't be so dumb. Yeah. Because stupid idiot. you are, in fact, dumb. Yeah. You are dummy McDummerton. How couldn't you have seen all of this going on around you? Um, What were you going... And she says, what were you going to do? And fortunately, Christy doesn't answer the question. She just says, look, I owe him. Mike takes care of me. And I don't want to get him mad. Yeah. And... Also, this wasn't my idea. I didn't... It wasn't my idea to bring you into this. I didn't want... I wanted to protect you, but... Now I, I I have to do this or else I have to face the consequences of whatever this Mike guy is going to do. Yeah. And this is where our episode falls off the skids a tiny little bit for me, where she says in response to her saying, Mike, he takes care of me. Mm. Tootie responds with, yeah, I'm sure he does. It's like dripping with condescension oh, and judgment. I know. Not come with me. Get out of here yeah, with not, me. Not are you okay. Yeah, not no. are you in, can I help you? How dare you try You've to pull nice. me into this? Not you need help. You're a nice person. I can yeah. tell under this all you're a sweet person. How is there something I can help you? Is yeah. there a way out for you? It's a little bit of a sitcom-y melodramatic trope, but you could have, this episode so could have handled Tootie saying... 
why don't you come with me? I was really hoping for that moment. And then Christy could have said, no, Tootie, you go. Oh, yeah, here. we could have we could have turned it a little dramatic and I've chosen this for myself and I'm proud of what I do yeah. and we didn't have that standpoint. It's clearly this girl is in fear of Mike. Yeah. And it wasn't I don't want to get you involved in what I'm in. I tried to save you from this, but and, I'm scared now. Right, but but her defense was she says her defense earlier, they could have repurposed that dialogue where Tootie could have said, come with me. Yeah. And have her say, no, Tootie, I can't. And she's like, but but you're a hooker. Yeah. And have her say, Tootie, it's okay. And I'm not saying this is good or right or okay, but the idea is Christy could have at least said, I'm not 100% doing this against my will. She probably liked her things. Mm-hmm. She has aspirations of becoming an actress, and yeah. she keeps saying, "Like I'm gonna be an actress." And she does say, she does, "I'm gonna be a famous it? actress." A part, a, a part. I have <laughs> a part. Oh, I get super new clothes. Yeah, I'm apart from something. I don't remember that what that was. I have super new clothes, and I'm gonna be an actress. But she did mention earlier something about. Um, I've met lots of people that I can introduce you, like directors yeah. and producers. And so that makes me think she that's her clientele. Yeah. And she's thinking that's her way, sleeping up, basically the directing couch. Her idea is that she's going to meet the, the, yes, she's going to meet her opportunity through this, but she still seems awfully uncomfortable with Mike's ways that. Uh, yeah, it's weird. But. But it wasn't a a desperate like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he's going to punch my fucking lights out or cut me or something. It was just he gets so mad, yeah. I think is what she said. Anyway, um, what what I'm looking for here, the little the little tweak fix correction I would like to make to this episode is number one, we need to remove the judgment for sex work. Every single reference to these girls being hookers was like was like oh my god it's like many many people are involved in sex work and are doing so completely of their own volition i would say that uh especially in these times you can be in control of that now and it is more more than position yeah more more so nowadays than the old days though some of the internet stuff has kind of fucked that up lately true but i I think in, in the the vein of having the scary pimp that owns you and you're technically just a piece of property as opposed yeah. to doing this for yourself. Yeah. And it was also like, I was in trouble. I left home. I, I couldn't see, you know, I, I yeah. left. I had nothing, but this guy is giving me everything I want so long as I keep him happy. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like I'm an independent woman who's making my living using my body and happy to do so. And I'm going to make it in this town however I want. There was no real pride in no. her decision. No, definitely not. And I don't know if we could have um, added that into there for a girl so young for whatever. But you almost think they, they could have, it could have been, I think, alluded to her naivete. Yeah. Where instead of it being... Yeah. I'm from maybe, Akron. Yeah. So I'm but hearing. maybe but maybe the fix is what do you mean? I live in New York City. Yeah. I'm making it. I'm earning a living and I get all the new clothes and Mike gets mad sometimes, but I meet a lot of people and I'm gonna be an actress someday. Tootie, I don't need your help. Yeah, but it didn't sound convinced. It was it didn't sound like yeah. she was she believed it. Right. It sounded like what she would tell herself. But am I correct that at no point did Tootie say 
can I help you? No, you not at all. You come with me. I'm she, okay. I'm, she I'm, then I'm right. treated her like she was a piece of shit. Yeah. Judy looked like, down on her like, you're right. a hooker. Right. As soon as she said that, I'm How sure dare he you. does. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the amount of judgment versus, okay, w- w- even if you don't want to celebrate a woman sure. making a living as she sees fit with her own body, there at least could have been a little bit of empathy. Yeah. From a person who showed you a little bit of empathy. Yes. You just helped me. Can't let me help you now. Yeah. Any you moment of You bought me a green hamburger and two cups of hot cocoa. Mm-hmm. It's... And then took me around the town looking for my friends and... Yeah. It, but... And she did try to... Pro- I mean, we saw that she tried to protect her from all of this, but... Again, yeah. yeah, there was absolutely nothing on Tootie's part to yeah. have any compassion for her situation at all. Yeah, so maybe the fix that I want is smaller in minute is all I needed was for Tuta to say, why don't you come with us? And the dialogue as it is yeah. would have would have been perfectly fine with her. It's like, I know you believe that, and I know there's no way I'm going to convince you otherwise. Yeah. Not that what you're doing is wrong, but what you're doing is not going to lead to what you think it is. Yes. Well, and it's also with the setup of all the terrible things they were about to do to Tootie. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be locked up in drugs, so this is happening to you. I'm concerned that you're in this situation that I almost found myself in. Yeah. No concern whatsoever. Just how dare you think about doing that to me? Yeah. (laughs) Well, um... Tootie then continues. And one thing, when Tootie gets into confrontation mode, she's a little bitch. Oh, my God. So when she goes to Mike, I changed my mind. Yeah. At which point Mike is like, oh, okay. Yeah, a lady could, absolutely. Lady has a right to change her mind. But then he turns it back on to Christy. Mm-hmm. Like thinking. Like, you better not fucking change your mind on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You you tipped her off or you're, you're letting this one get away and I'm going to hold you accountable. Yeah. And I think just as that was about to boil over... Then in comes the girls and the subtle entrance of Mrs. Garrett. Tootie! Like five seconds. Her, her face wasn't even showing. That was something that tickled me too. She's exasperated. Where yeah. Where has Tootie been? She walks in and sees Tootie. Her face stays kind of blank. <laughs> yeah. Tootie! Yeah. Oh! So um, the girls are reunited, Uh and it's like, you know, I don't know whether to choke you or hug you. Hug now, choke later. Natalie, (laughs) but I got to make the laugh. Um, So then we go as they're leaving. I think think Christy says, bye, Tootie. And Mrs. Garrett says, who is that? And now the, the, the Thornton Wilder theatrical. Oh, all of them. All of the girls. William Inge. Yeah. No, but there's all of the girls are standing there in the same room, like three feet away from her. And who's that girl staring at you, too? Oh, just someone I met. Yeah. Just a girl I was talking to. Yes. It just gives her the longest stare down across the room. And then they go out and they leave. And then we have this shot through the glass. This is like the most theatrical... If we had a curtain, with we the words would drop coffee it. shop above them. Coffee shop. Because, you know, uh, when, when I'm looking to go to a coffee shop, I always go to the coffee shop, coffee shop. Yes, the one right that's across, called coffee. You know exactly what they're going to serve you. Right across from the theater. Yes. The sophisticated ladies theater. The whole time I even have a note here, too. <laughs> Look out the window. I know. <laughs> it's like the girls are standing there in front of the theater. There's Tootie inside. It's like, why wouldn't you be? I don't know be? where they could be. Yes. <laughs> Just look outside. They're but, right there. 
but they say that they've been all over town looking for yes, Tootie. They so they just keep missing they, each other. They just apparently have been missing each other mm-hmm. in the course of all of this. But um, with that, they leave, and then we have this final shot of Tootie outside the window looking in to Christy, Mrs. Garrett standing behind her with hands on her shoulders oh, yes. in support. And there's just this long, pensive stare. At the child hooker standing in the coffee shop with no help. (laughs) And I mean, and it's just, again, it's like, offer to help I legitimately expected in that moment for Tootie to turn to Mrs. Garrett and say, we need to help her or we can't leave her like this and go back in and try to get her some help or or, or enroll her in the boarding school or something. Or at least... Here's my phone number if you ever want to call me. Yeah. And then maybe have Christy throw the number away. Something. That would have been no less melodramatic. No, but that credit started running. And what did I say? That was it? Yeah, you (laughs) did. You said you were like. It just left her there? They left. How? It's like. With that man? I have a note for him. Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. (laughs) Just left her with him. But again, it's because she's. She's not a person. She's a sex. She's she's, she's a- going to be an actress. Goddamn it! Yeah. This is but, her only way to do it. But that whole concept of them, of course, you would leave her there. She's one of those girls. <sighs> she's it's that it's that awful, and and it's that oversimplified sitcommy nineteen eighties attitude of of a hooker automatically being less of a person. She's a hooker with a heart of gold, yeah. but she's still going <laughs> to yeah. just be the hooker. But they talk about it all the time on My Favorite Murder, where the when you have serial killers who target sex workers, they're the ones that don't get caught. They're the ones that have so much, uh, so so much of a body count mm-hmm. before anyone starts paying attention because it's like, well, it's just they're just killing sex workers. Those yeah. aren't it's yeah. those aren't anybody that anyone for cares trouble. about. Yeah, it's yeah. not like you know a teenage daughter of a family. Yeah, they they care about her and society has already given up on them as as a human being. At exactly, that point. and that's. Again, and, sex working, legit gig for those people who do uh-huh. this. In, I know it is for me. Safe, uh, I mean, uh, I, I mean, my my friend. Uh, <laughs> 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 like I could make any money doing sex work. Just oh, I'm sure you there. could. I'm sure you could. <laughs> there are stranger kinks out there. Oh, anyway, yeah. well, Jamie Lynn, yes. I think we have learned a valuable lesson from this show. Sex workers are not people. Uh huh. Um, and uh, pimps are bad. Clearly, uh-huh. and uh, and coffee don't wear shop- purple hats. They wear preppy suits. They wear <laughs> with sloppy pocket squares. Yes, not a purple hat. Purple pocket squares. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, leg warmers are the most amazing fashion accessory that ever oh, existed. That is undeniable. History of things. They go well with your jelly shoes and. Uh, Charlotte Ray, I think, may have achieved a new height in broadness. <laughs> In this episode. With the tootie. But, but, but on the phone. <laughs> what does a nun have to do with it when she's I'm on the phone? I'm mad. Yeah. So we, we have a lot of... Charlotte, she's not in the episode a lot, but wow. She she makes the most of her moments. She makes some impact, that's for sure. But I still... I, I think the... I've also learned that there's a lot of association with trying to be an actress and having to be a hooker in this episode. Mm-hmm. But exactly. I'm, I'm still a little upset that there was... <laughs> There was no redemption. There was yeah. zero redemption. Yeah, that's why. That's that's where the the, the 
theatrical element comes in and and the the whole Norman Lear thing of this is a sitcom and you're kind of like how many laughs were say, there? There weren't many. La- that's the whole the whole scalper moment was the if, big laugh yeah, funny moment. If we didn't have that little skit in the middle of all of this, how many actual? Oh. <laughs> that was funny. No, it was very dramatic. Laughs. Actually, it was. And uh, thankfully, we were in a time where sitcoms could get away with this, and um, so that wasn't so terrible. But there's, whew. I couldn't quite put my finger on what the moral of this lesson other than when your parents say don't go to the big city just don't go listen because you'll get into trouble so is this just the moral of the story is look you you almost got into major trouble here yeah don't think that you're more mature than you are because a pimp might think you're more mature than you are uh yeah (laughs) well we're at the end of another episode lessons have been learned tears have been shed yeah um, I think sex workers have been punished or beaten yes. by their pimps. And, uh, but it should never be okay for a 13-year-old to wear her little leotard and her no. leg warmers and uh, go that's into sex the, trafficking. That's the moral of the story. The moral of the story is yeah, do it because you're grown up enough to make the decision for your body. Yeah, exactly. Your body, your business. Yes. No middleman. And definitely middle not a middleman. Man. Exactly. Well, as we ponder the many, 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 many deep, serious themes, it's time to say goodbye, Jimmy Aww, Lynn. Thanks already. so much for doing Thanks this. Thanks for having me. I, I hope we were able to do it again soon. I would love to. And um, I, I think we need to have some chocolate chip cookies now, don't you? I, I absolutely agree with you. My yep. thighs don't, but I do. <laughs> At a girl. <laughs> Later, bye. Bye. And there you have it. That was Jamie Lynn Marcus. She is all that, plus she's a knockout beauty. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention, she also gives amazing back rubs. I mentioned that I have her to thank for having her baby. Uh, I didn't complete the thought because we were sidebarring so much, but uh, what happened was I had been let go from the Citizens of Hollywood, and then, thankfully, Jamie Lynn got pregnant, and she had to go on maternity leave, and I was the one they brought back to take her place. So I kind of sort of owe my whole career to her, because they brought me back, and uh, they just kept me around after that. So thank you, Jamie Lynn. Now, one little follow-up is we were talking on the show about sophisticated ladies. I did put out a feeler to my musical theater friends on Facebook to find out what they knew about the show. It's on YouTube. You can watch it anywhere, anytime you want. Just look it up. It's right there. I'll post the link on the website. And it's also on uh, Broadway HD. So I did watch the show, and I can see why they don't do it now. It is a dance show. It is a huge, big spectacle, a lot of costumes, full orchestra. Uh, I think there's at least a dozen triple threats in that show, and they're all dancers with capital Ds. So that's why you're not going to see that show at your local community playhouse, because it's a very big show. And Ain't Misbehaving is a little smaller, a little more intimate, and more focused on the singing and not the dancing. Other than that, that's all for this week's show. Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 3, Episode 19. It's called New York, New York. And my special guest is going to be actor, singer, handsome leading man, Logan Benedict. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. (laughs) 
Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>